listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome to episode 97. Very excited to be approaching episode 100 in a few weeks. We're hoping to have a few cool things to commemorate the 100th episode of Windy City Slam. Very excited as this thing starts to come together in the next couple of weeks or so. This week's special guest, he's a guy that has his finger on the pulse of pop culture, pro wrestling. He also covers a lot of sports and entertainment items for his blog, John G's Beat. And we're going to have on this week's show our special guest, John Roboleski, coming up in a few minutes. Big weekend locally for Chicago professional wrestling and the bombshell news of the week. Will Ospreay is your new Warrior Wrestling Champion. Talk about an unexpected surprise in that triple threat match. Will Ospreay leaves with the Warrior Wrestling title. And we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. But real quick. A couple of national items. This week we have AEW's special winter is coming on Dynamite on Wednesday night where Brian Danielson challenges Hangman Adam Page for the AEW championship on Dynamite. Should be interesting to see where they go with this. Does Brian Danielson win the championship in AEW and render Hangman Page's reign to just about a month? I mean, I don't see Hangman's Rain being transitional and being one month. I think he's going to hold on to it for a while. Is there going to be a schmoz or something? I, I don't know. We'll see. In WWE news, Jeff Hardy was released from his contract over the last few days. And it's a sad situation. It seems like Jeff may have some more issues going on. I, I hate to speculate on that. He had some problems at a house show where he ended up leaving a match. And it was kind of crazy. And Jeff Hardy is a guy who is entertained fans all over the world for the last 25, maybe even close to 30 years. And hopefully he gets the time off he needs, he gets the help that he needs, and hopefully everything with his family is good. Also, WWE SmackDown returns to Allstate Arena for a live broadcast on Fox this Friday night, December the 17th. One last note, condolences to the family of Jimmy Rave, formerly of the Rockin' Raven back in TNA Impact about 15 years ago. It was him and Lance Archer and Christy Hemi, part of that little faction in Impact. And sad to find out that Jimmy Ray was only 39 years old. Rest in peace, Jimmy, and condolences to his family and friends and fans. Switching over to local, Warrior Wrestling 17. This past Sunday, December the 12th at the new venue the tinley park convention center and that main event was amazing all three of these guys were unbelievably awesome but it was will osprey coming out on top 
the New Japan Superstar is your new Warrior Wrestling Champion. He knocks off the defending champion, Trey Miguel, who held the title for almost 15 months, and Blake Christian, fresh off his run with NXT and returning to the independent saint. And all three of those guys look like they belong in that match. Blake Christian looked great. There's a few times it looked like Blake was going to win the title. Trey looked like he was going to retain. And then Osprey gets the job done in the end. And something really cool for the Warrior Wrestling Brass. I know both Steve and Eric are so excited about this. He is going to be carrying that Warrior Wrestling Championship into Wrestle Kingdom next month in the Tokyo Dome. So international exposure for Warrior Wrestling is coming up, and I'm sure they're paying him pretty good money to come in and be the champion. And now it's going to pay off with more exposure for Warrior Wrestling, and we will get into some news about Warrior Wrestling in just a moment. But let's finish the recap of the show the Warrior Wrestling Women's Championship, Thunder Rosa, retains the title over Mercedes Martinez. That was one hell of a match and something I've been waiting for for a long time. Seeing Mercedes Martinez back on the indies and seeing Thunder Rosa with a successful title defense. The Warrior Wrestling Lucha Championship, Aramis, defeats Flamita to retain that title. Dante Martin defeats Joy Janela, who was replacing Bandito. Sam Adonis picks up the victory over Matt Taven from ROH. He was subbing for Brody King. Rocky Romero defeats Casey Navarro. And despite that, Navarro still the holder of the Warrior Wrestling Championship medallion. And when Osprey won that match, I half thought that maybe there was some sort of chicanery or surprise coming from Casey Navarro, but that did not happen. So... We'll see that. So he's going to be carrying that medallion into 2022. We'll see if something happens in their first show next year. Carlos Roma defeats Fuego del Sol. And in a special intergender four-way match, this match was supposed to be Sky Blue against Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green could not make the show, failed to appear. Not sure the reasoning behind it. She did some sort of promo video on it. But Sky Blue wins the special four-way match. She defeats Gringo Loco, Axel Rico, and Billy Starks when Blue pinned Rico, hearkening back on one of Chicago Wrestling's best feuds of the year between Golly Wrestling and AAW Pro. Sky Blue and Axel Rico really put on a show in that match, and actually all four competitors in that match were terrific. Also, before the double main event... Frank the Clown, who was banned from the building, supposedly. And as soon as they say Frank the Clown is not allowed in the building, you know Frank the Clown's going to be in the building. So he comes out to his music. Principal Steve Tortorello right away gets on the mic like security, escort him out. But Frank comes up with the revelation. And this harkens back to the Shane McMahon promo on the final Nitro from 2001. So Frank's a little bit of historian here. He's pulling the Shane McMahon saying the name on the contract for the Tinley Park Convention Center says Warrior Wrestling, but it says Mr. Warrior Wrestling, Frank Clown. So Frank the Clown actually ran the building according to the contract. And now he was going to hold up the show unless Principal Steve agreed to special conditions, which included Frank the Clown to be on all future shows at Warrior as either a manager or an in-ring performer. Plus, 
a guaranteed future championship match at Warrior Wrestling. Now, Steve acquiesced. Obviously, we can't not have those two main event matches. So Frank the Clown is going to be a part of Warrior Wrestling for a long time to come, whether you like him or not. And here's the thing about Frank. People don't like the character, but everybody was on their feet when he came out. I mean, he has that special something that makes the people interested in Frank the Clown. So you, you can't knock that. And Frank the Clown definitely is a personality for Warrior Wrestling. And the big announcement from Warrior Wrestling, they announced that they are expanding and taking shows outside the Chicago area for the very first time. And that first occurrence will be January 22nd, 2022 in South Bend, Indiana. And they have already guaranteed that the Warrior Wrestling Championship will be on the line. And that means, unless something screwy happens, that means Will Ospreay will be on that show. Couple more things before we head on out. Fusion Wrestling was last Friday night, December the 10th, at the Five Star Swap Meet in Villa Park. Now, this was the show ran by Doug Simmons, and we had Doug on our show recently. Check out the Windy City Slam podcast archives to catch Doug. And now it was Doug Simmons and Sky Blue defeating Bryce Benjamin and Mr. Kate in the main event in a with a double submission. And in the other featured match, veteran superstar Steve Boz defeats Jordan Cross with a little chicanery at his feet on the ropes. This past weekend also was Second Wrestling Creation. Their debut show was Sunday, December the 12th in Northbrook, Illinois. And in the second-to-none championship tournament, Eric Cannon defeated Warhorse, who was subbing for the injured Trivial Outlaw. Billy Starks defeated Blair Onyx. And Drama King Matt Raywald defeats Dan the Dad. And those three winners are advancing to the semifinals in that tournament. Then we had the besties in the world, Matt Fitchett and Davey Vega. They defeat the Bang Bros in an all-star tag team contest. Colt Cabana defeats Darren Corbin. And then we had the team of Swaggle and Joey Jet Avalon. They actually teamed up at Zello Pro last month. They team up again here, and they defeat Pick and Pop, one man dynasty, Darius Luttrell, and Coda Hernandez. And in a five-person scramble match, Free Range Kara, formerly known as Kara Noya, gets the victory over Sierra, Corey O'Neill, Shane Black, and Alfonso Gonzalez in a scramble match. And much thanks to Rabbi Jeremy Fine for providing those results from this past weekend. And congratulations on a very, very successful first show for Second Wrestling. And one more thing on that note, Second Wrestling's tournament, the last semifinal spot in that tournament, will go to the winner of a gauntlet match from this weekend's first wrestling show in the Twin Cities. So that will decide the last member of the Final Four in the Second to None Championship Tournament. Also, we had Powell and Jimmy Blaze orchestrating an attack on Southland Championship Wrestling this past weekend during SCW's high-voltage tapings in moments. And now SCW has their Christmas show this Saturday night, December the 18th. And will we get more chaos from Powell Entertainment? Plus, I want to mention Billy Starks one more time. She won her first ever championship at Fourth Wall Wrestling in Milwaukee over the weekend. She also advanced in the second wrestling tournament. And with her double shot at second in Warrior, 
She has now wrestled in 39 different promotions in the United States and Canada this year. That is the most by any indie wrestler in the country. So pretty amazing accomplishment for young Billy Starks as she keeps getting better and better in the ring. Coming up this weekend, Freelance Wrestling's Ding 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 All The Way. Friday night, December the 17th, Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago. And the matches announced are as follows. For the Freelance World Title, it's the tournament final. Robert Ego Anthony, with Frank the Clown in his corner, takes on Craig Mitchell. For the Freelance Tag Team Championships, the champions, the take-it-home wreckers, defend against the Bang Bros. Now, the Bang Bros have lost a couple of high-profile matches recently, including the Freelance Underground Belts to the Brothers of Construction. I have a feeling, I'm going to go on on the limb, that the Bang Bros will be your new Freelance Wrestling Tag Team Champions. So expect Davey Bang and August Matthews to be leaving with gold Friday night. Then Brian Keith returns from Texas, and he's going to have one hell of a banger match against Carlos Romo, who continues his American tour after wrestling this past weekend at Warrior, and now he's going to be at Freelance. In a triple threat match, Laney Locke takes on Charlie Evans and Blair Onyx. And just announced before this podcast was recorded, Kylie Ray against Alfonso Gonzalez. So Team Kylie against Team Alfonso. Uh, Kylie's going to have all the fans behind her, and I'm not sure what Team Alfonso is going to have other than Alfonso himself. But we'll see on Friday night what happens. And that you can catch that show on IWTV.live if you can't get a ticket to Logan Square Auditorium. I mean, a couple of great ways to watch freelance wrestling. It's really, really cool promotion. You should definitely check it out. And speaking of checking out things, Berwyn Championship Wrestling's Holiday Havoc, Saturday, December the 18th at the Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn. Announced matches include the BCW Championship, the veteran ice pick Vic Capri defends the title against the up-and-coming Storm Grayson. Now, this should be a hell of a match. And if anybody saw the Vic Capri-Trevor Outlaw match from a couple of months ago, I would expect much of the same from Storm Grayson against Vic Capri. Maybe a few less underhanded tactics like Trevor Outlaw would try to use, but it's going to be a hell of a match. Then we have the N-Words. That's Bryce Benjamin and I Acid Jazz against Saban Gage and Just Amazing. Chris Shogun Logan takes on Vinny Scarpone. In a four-way scramble match, Mateo Valentine versus Aaron Stone versus Chico Suave versus the veteran Jason Hades. Then we have Yakuza versus Tokyo Lee. Joe Alonzo versus August Matthews. Davey Bang challenges Missa Kate. And the very special guest appearing, doing autographs and photos, former WWE superstar, former AWA tag team champion, Marty Jannetty. All right, in just a little bit, our special guest this week, for the very first time, he has his finger on the pulse of everything pop culture in the Chicago area. John G's Beats' own, John Roboleski. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. 
advertise with Windy City Slam, and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, back here this week on Windy City Slam Podcast. Very, very excited here. We welcome a guy who has his finger on the pulse of pop culture, sports, and professional wrestling around Chicago. He's the mastermind behind John G's Beat. For the very first time on the show, here's John Robleski. And Mike, I'm excited to be here. I've I seen you have Chicago wrestling legends on the show, and for me to be part of this is just mind-blowing for me. Yeah, you definitely have some history in the area in terms of wrestling and covering wrestling and being well-connected. So I definitely wanted to bring you in. And I know the last couple of weeks you've interacted with a lot of different wrestling personalities and your travels. So we'll get to that as well. But let's start off with John G's Beat, (laughs) all your other endeavors that you have. But first of all, John G's Beat, how did you get started with John G's Beat? Well, I started, I, I originally worked for a newspaper, but I worked in the business end. And then when uh, the Sun-Times bought it, everything kind of fell apart for me there. I, I wanted to leave. I, I went to a magazine to handle a uh, global traveler magazine. I'm handling the distribution circulation nationwide. And uh, they had an opening on the blog section. So I, I, I applied for it and got it because I, I love to write. Um, and so my first, my first real foray was I went to Los Angeles to interview Rick Monday. Rick Monday, uh, I'm not sure how big of a sports fan you are, but Rick Monday saved the American flag from being yes. burned. And so I interviewed him about that. And that that blog ended up getting read by um, David Stein on Sporting News Radio. And it kind of blew up. And then from there, I kept writing more and more. But the publisher for Global Traveler, Fran Gallagher, a real good friend of mine, but he, he said, look, man, you write great stuff, but you, you write a lot of pop culture stuff. That's not really our stuff. We, we'd like you to focus more on travel. Why don't you do your own site about this? why don't i and that's how it got started very cool and john g's beat's been around for what about a decade or so now uh 2008 september september of 2008 yeah so uh 13 years and rolling at this point yeah hopefully it's not a lucky 13 so far it's been okay though (laughs) so basically you cover just about everything that's fun comic cons pop culture Pro wrestling, college sports, WNBA, and just so many other things. Um, it's a great variety of stuff. Now, these are all things that you love and you have a passion for, I assume. Well, they're things that I either love or have grown to love. Like when I first started covering the Chicago Bandits women's pro softball, I really only went there to do one story for Global Traveler. And when I got out there, I had such a good time and, and the organization was so great to me. I kept going back. And that, that led me to covering them for six years. Uh, unfortunately, the league did fold uh, last year. Oh, yeah. um, but then that led me to Athletes Unlimited, which is a, a, the new softball league playing at Rosemont. So some of the stuff kind of I fell into and then fell in love with. And some of the stuff I already really enjoyed doing, like Comic-Cons. I've been doing Comic-Cons. I've been going to Comic-Cons for 20 plus years. And at some point, I just kind of started writing about them and offering to help them promote it. And then getting free passes, getting, you know, some interviews and stuff like that given to me by them. So I, I incorporated all that into the site. 
Yeah, Wizard Rule and C2E2 are very cool. And I've covered those shows in the past for Windy City Slam as well, talking to wrestlers and getting some of the wrestling angles and stuff out of those shows. Even Too Sweet Cosplay, which is a really cool group of of wrestling fans that love to dress up as their favorite wrestling characters. And I did a story back in 2018, just shortly after the site went up and uh, they're great people. It was a lot of fun and getting to learn about why they do it and the passions and all that. And, and Comic-Cons for you, is that kind of the same thing where, you know, it, you love just getting immersed in all the cool stuff? I do. It, it, it's so funny because my friends, my friends, anybody that's coming to me with a Comic-Con says, the minute I walk in and kind of look around, it, it's almost like I get transformed. I, I'm almost like a little kid. I, I don't know which way to go first. There's so much cool stuff. So over the last several years of doing it, I finally started to kind of make a little mental plan of, okay, I've got to focus and do this first and then this and then this, because otherwise I'm kind of all over the board. There's just so much cool stuff. And like you said, uh, two play, uh, uh, two, two play cosplay. It, it, they're awesome. I, I saw them the, this past weekend at C2E2 and they're just a fun bunch. Yeah, they really, really are. Um, why is it called John G's beat and not Johnny's beat? Now, is there a story behind that? There is a story, but it's not as it's, it's really not a funny story. It's just uh, my longtime friend and uh, business partner, Louie. We worked together at the newspaper for several years. Now we work at Global Traveler together. We started, we worked a lot of overnight stuff at, at Learner. And we started just calling each other goofy names. I would call him Louie Aparicio. He would call me you know, uh, Johnny Unitas, whatever. And at some point, John G somehow stuck and other people started calling me John G. So then I thought, well, when I'm putting the site out, I wanted to kind of have a, a, a unique name and I didn't really know what to do. And I thought, well, John G's beat, it kind of works on two levels because it works as John G's beat as in it's my beat. And it also works in like John G's beat as in I'm really tired. I'm getting old and I'm tired. So that's the origin. <laughs> Are you sorry you asked about that now? No, not at all. I actually got a chuckle out of me. So uh, if it gets a chuckle out of me, then it's worthwhile. That's good by me. So this past weekend, you covered a lot of bases at C2E2, including running into some wrestlers. Now, which wrestlers did you meet? And did you get a chance to have any conversations with them? Well, I met, let's see, I started at uh, Michael Kingston, who runs, uh, who produces Headlock Comics, a great, great comic. I've known Michael for years. I knew him when he was first starting out and to see him grow into this, this empire that he's got going, it's, it's insane. It's, it's so cool. He's such a great guy. He's well-earned. I started his booth and I'm uh, Joey Roth. I know you've talked to Joey Roth before. Joey Roth joined me in, in, in doing some interviews at the Artist Alley, so we kind of hung out for a little bit. We started out by meeting Jake the Snake Roberts. And Jake had some really interesting stories about uh, wrestling with Andre the Giant. Uh, a couple of flatulent stories. Oh, a couple yeah. of um, accidents after flatulent stories. I won't go any further. Um, and, and some stories about Andre legitimately, I, I forgot if he said he tore, tore Jake's shoulder or broke his shoulder, but really messed him up accidentally, of course, uh, in, in one of their matches. And Jake just went on and on. And, and we're not going to leave. Jake the Snake's telling us stories. We're going to sit there forever. So we got probably about 20 minutes of him just talking. It wasn't an interview. I didn't want to bother him with that because, you know, Jake, Jake has done cool stuff for me before, so I don't want to keep going back to him for that. But just to listen to his stories was fantastic. We also met Chelsea Green at his booth, um, Mr. Kennedy, Ken Kennedy, Ken Anderson, whichever way you want to call him, he was there. Uh, the Inspiration, formerly the Iconics, were there. Uh, Matt Cardona was there. Um, then we went over to the um, 
uh, all elite wrestling booths. Arn Anderson and his son Brock were there. Tony Schiavone was there. Um, Ruby Soho, really cool Ruby Soho. She was so lively, so energetic at this thing. Um, she was, she had a little running joke with me all weekend that, because uh, I, I mentioned that I liked her. She had a really cool purple gel pen. And then she every time I walk by, he's like, you're not getting this pen. And it was just, just kind of cool interplay with her all weekend. CM Punk was there. It's always good to see CM Punk. And, you know, the guy has done a million fests and, and conventions, and he still draws a huge line. And he waits for everybody. He, he's not leaving until that line is done. And he's, he's just, he's, he's a really cool guy. I know some people have their opinions of him, maybe outside of different things, whatever. But all I can say is I've never had a bad reaction, interaction with CM Punk. But the other cool thing was, and I mentioned Tony Schiavone, he did a book with uh, Dirk, Dirk Manning, uh, uh, one of my collaborator friends, who they wrote the book um, Butts and Seats, Tony Schiavone's story. It's a graphic novel. And Tony, or, uh, Dirk had a big announcement coming Sunday morning. He wouldn't tell me what it was. And he wouldn't tell me, he wouldn't tell me. And then finally, Sunday morning, the announcer came. He's, this is his next project. And this is a minor scoop for you. I know you get major scoops, but this is a minor one. He's doing uh, his next collaboration will be with Arne Anderson on a graphic novel. So you are one of the first people to know that. Well, it's very cool. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the scoop. I appreciate it. But other than that, uh, trying to think of who else is there. I'm, I know I'm missing a few because there's just a, a lot of wrestlers there. But it was just a really good time. Really, it, and the thing was, you have time to talk to them a little bit. Obviously, you know, you're confined at conventions. You got a limited amount of time. But everybody that was there really kind of made it special for each individual fan, which I think is cool. It wasn't just sign and leave, sign and leave. It, it, there was a, a, an engagement a little bit. Yeah, even John Cena was there. Did you get a chance to see him at all? You know, I saw John Cena in New York at uh, New York Comic Con, which okay. is produced by the same people, Reed Pop. Yes. And um, I didn't, I didn't, I had a chance to see him this time, but my scheduling was messed up, so I couldn't go. My only complaint was that I certainly understand it. They had a divider between in the picture. And so to me, it's not much. I mean, look, a lot of people are happy with the chance to meet him. I fortunately have met John a few times. Always been very cool to me. So to get another picture with the divider in it, it wasn't worth me rearranging my schedule to do that. And I had I had some interviews going on, so I, I, I devoted my time to that. But I, I, I know a few friends that did go see him, and, and for as good as it could be, it was it was as good as it could be. Yeah. I mean, with the divider, I know people have made complaints about that in the past. I think AEW had a fan fest this past summer. There were uh, plexiglass dividers there, too. But at least for me, it would be better than taking a picture with a mask on or having the celebrity wear a mask as well. I mean, that's kind of tough. You pay all this money and you get, you get a, they're masked up. You can't see half their face. But at least with the divider, you, you can see their face and you're kind of close enough to them. Yes, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a, it's an interesting point you make because I, I go back and forth on that because with the divider, um, sometimes some of the companies could eliminate the divider and then it almost looks like you're together in the picture, but sometimes they don't. Yeah. Um, and then it's almost like you could just Photoshop another picture of yourself there. And you don't even need to meet them because there's not really an interaction at all. Yeah. I totally see what you're saying there. Yeah, absolutely. But, but in these times, you, you take what you can get. And it's still cool to see. Yeah, you're right there with John Cena. The guy's a, a legend. He's a legend of wrestling and in acting. So... Yeah, he's going up in the world of Hollywood now, too, just like The Rock has over the past few years. Yeah, I would say Cena's got to be in the top five 
wrestlers turned actors. Yeah. Uh, Rock, Batista. Uh, Batista. Piper. You know, Piper with some of his roles, They Live and all that. <laughs> yeah. Let's switch on to Blizzard Bra. You were up in attendance <laughs> for Wisconsin's biggest independent wrestling show. It was a little over a week ago. Waukesha County Expo Center, that's just the side of Milwaukee. And you got to see all kinds of former WWE. You got current Impact, you got current AEW stars. A lot of OVW folks were up there. A lot of local Wisconsin and even some Chicago area talent as well. Now, what was your take about the Big Blizzard Brawl show? I think David Hero does a fantastic job every year with Blizzard Brawl. I've been going, gosh, probably about 10 years. I was trying to figure out which my first one. I judge when my first one is because I remember Cal, Cal Hero, the fanny pack kid, as you know. Um, I remember the first one, he, he had to be like six, maybe, the first time I went. So I've been going for 10, 12 years, something like that with him, uh, for, for Blizzard Brawl. It draws a huge crowd. It's run extremely well. Um, there's so many wrestlers on it that you, you start to go, can I meet them all in the given time? And they open the doors early. They open up probably about two hours before the show. And you do, you, you, it's run so well and so smoothly that you do actually get to meet everybody you want. The only guys I missed were Jeff Jarrett and Braun Strowman, only because their lines were so huge, so long, uh, that I just, I, I, I chose to meet other people instead because I have met them before. But had I stayed after the show, I could have met them anyway. So I could have met everybody on, on the card. And, it, and like you said, it had wrestlers, current wrestlers, legendary wrestlers, everything. Now, what was it like to see uh, Braun Strowman, a.k.a. Adam share the Titan in action once again for the first time since he's left WWE? You know, it was cool to see him wrestle. But I'll tell you, the best part was um, he's a local guy from there. Yeah. And part of the proceeds of the show went to uh, Waukesha because unfortunately they had the tragedy with the parade shortly before that. Mm -hmm. So after his match, after the, the, the night, he, he stayed in the ring, he thanked the fans. And honestly, he was on the verge of tears when he was talking about what that night meant to him and, and how proud he was of Waukesha for coming out. He, he gave his money, uh, the money that he made for that show, he donated it back to the fund for the families that were affected by the horrible tragedy. So to me, Seeing him wrestle is cool. It's, it's always cool to see these, these guys that you see on TV and now they're 20 feet away from you in the ring. But to see him do that personal touch was, was really the part that caught me. And then you had guys like EC3 who also donated proceeds from, from his share of the event. Uh, Val Venus was there. He fought Backwoods Brown, who's a Chicago guy and the longtime GLCW champion. Joe Doring from Gurney was up there. And obviously, Cal Hero wrestled Mr. Pectacular, Jesse Goddard. And the, the show was really, really loaded. They also had, I'm going to ask you a question about this now. They had a local news anchor wrestle as part of a six-man tag, Mike Kirkhoff from CBS yes. 58. And now celebrities or mainstream people in professional wrestling, it's been hit or miss over the years. You've had people like Snooki and Marina Menounos and Mr. T, who was great. Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, Bad Bunny this past year. And to you, and I've seen pictures and video from that match with Mike. I thought he actually really looked the part and put his time in. What was your thought about Mike's performance? Well, I'm going to tell you, and, and I mean no disrespect to Mike either. Mike was fantastic, but, but let's split this between two people. Let's split this between Mike 
and Linda Kay. Okay. So first, Mike, Mike was a newsman, and I had talked to him before the match. And, you know, he was there with his, uh, a, you know, a sleeve cut off shirt. He looked in decent shape. He wasn't certainly wasn't out of shape, but he wasn't buff, obviously, like the wrestlers. And, uh, you know, he kind of gave me the, the, you know, well, we'll see how it goes. I'm training, you know, I'm not, it's a different world, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it, it, my friends and I were talking and our thought was, here's what's going to happen. He, they're going to wrestle a match. His, his partners are going to do most of the work. He's going to come in and get the quick pin because he's the, the star and that's going to be it. And that totally was not how it went. He worked that match as much as he could. Obviously he doesn't have all the moves that, that the wrestlers do, but you could tell he, he worked on it. You could tell he was training You could tell he prepared for it. And he gave the fans their money's worth. Linda Kay, I, I would put her even above that. She, to me, stole the whole night. She was supposed to be the ref for the, for the, the, the four uh, tag team match. Yes. And there was some interaction before the match. All of a sudden, she stripped off her ref outfit and said, I'm in the match. It became a six-woman tag. And then, again, my friends and I went, okay, here it goes. ODB is going to do all the work. She's going to get the easy pin. Not at all. She had some moves that, that some wrestlers wouldn't even do. She, she was ripped. She was in shape. And she, or she took a beat down in the match, gave the hot tag eventually. They came in, did some work, tagged to her. She did more work in the ring and earned the pin. So to me, with no disrespect, again, to Mike, Linda Kay stole the show with Mike not too far behind. They did an outstanding job. It wasn't just a, a perfunctory you know, celebrity appearance. Mm-hmm. Now, Linda is usually a ring announcer for GLCW as well as I think she does some stuff for OVW. Yeah. And working in OVW, obviously, you have some great people down there like Al Snow and Doug Basham. And, I, and she probably learned a thing or two from them uh, before that match, I would say. Yeah, I, I would say Al had his hand in that. Al, Al, Al has his hand in everything. I love Al. Al is, is the funniest guy. The, the first time I ever met him, we did a picture and he, he goes, here, let's do this. And he rearranges my glasses, tells me how to move my face, and he does the fake punch. And I thought it was pretty cool. It was funny. It was different. And then every time after that, he would do the same, not the same pose, but the same concept. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was the funniest thing. And over the years, I've really gotten to know him a little bit. He's done some interviews with me. And his wife, Jessica, who's a physical therapist in Louisville, I believe, uh, sweetest woman ever. She's always there. And, and if you see the buff woman standing next to Al, it's his wife. Yeah. And we have a little cameo here from my uh, my dog, Obi. Uh, Obi, I was going to say. Bring him <laughs> out. I love Obi. He's a crazy dude sometimes, but he's a good <laughs> watchdog. Um, yeah. So with Al Snow, and you mentioned how some of the pictures you've taken with him. It brings me to a thought of uh, one of my old friends and maybe yours as well, Lisa Lee Varen, who uh, used to own the Squared Circle restaurant in Chicago, a.k.a. Victoria and Tara. Now, anytime I saw her, she would do like the whole kind of choke me out thing in the photos. And I thought that was kind of cool. Absolutely. Were there any other photos with wrestlers you ever took that, you know, they kind of decided to put you in a headlock or do some other stuff with you? I got my two favorite stories. It's funny that you brought this up. My two favorite stories, uh, one involved Roddy Piper. When I was at Days of the Dead in Indianapolis. And I've talked to him. Actually, Roddy and I worked together on a, a literacy project. That's a whole other story. But so I, I knew him and I talked to him several times on the phone, which is always mind-blowing to me when my phone rings and it's Roddy Piper at the other end, uh, RIP. Um, 
So I'm at the, the convention. I, I go up to him and I said, you know, Ronnie, I've taken a lot of pictures with you. I said, yeah, I know you probably get stupid requests all the time. Would you mind putting me in a sleeper hole? <laughs> and he kind of does the, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't really want it. And all of a sudden, he slaps it on me, like with no warning. And I kind of tumbled back. He kind of tumbled back, but he caught himself on his table. And then he's apologized to me. Are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, yeah. And unfortunately, my friend got the picture. So it was, it was it, it, like that moment needed to get that picture. And he was so apologetic, but we laughed about that from then on. So that was my one, my, my funniest story probably with him. But my other story involved Rosie, the, uh, the superhero in training. Okay. I met him in Kokomo. Oh, yeah. Roman's yeah. I Right, right. I met him in Kokomo. And we were talking and, and uh, I, I did the regular pose. He turns to me and goes, you know, I'm kind of bored with doing the regular poses. Are you up for something? And I said, tell me what? He goes, what if I pick you up, you know, on my shoulders and, and you know, hoist you up there? I, I, I go, dude, yeah, I'm like, you know, 190 pounds. You know, I know you're strong, but are you? he goes, yeah, let's do it. And he lifts me up there. He, you know, I'm up there. All of a sudden, the crowd starts gathering around. He's yelling for someone to take the picture because we weren't even really prepared. So somebody finally takes the picture. He puts me down. We start laughing about it. The show promoter comes over and kind of chides him and says, don't, don't ever do that again. So I was the one person that got a, a really funny shot from him. And of course, we laughed about it. You know, we laughed about that for the rest of the convention, but nobody else would get it. And everyone else kept asking him for it. So that ended up kind of burn, burning him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the whole liability thing and all that. Yeah. Probably what they worry about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you dropped a one idiot doesn't even have to be dropped. He could just claim he hurt his back or anything. And all of a sudden, there's problems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty funny. Well, Lisa Marie is another one. You're right. She, and she was she's such a sweetheart. Is you know we I, I saw you plenty of times at the Square Circle. I love that place. I miss that place. Yes. Uh, and she's such a sweetheart. Yes, yeah, she is. And she's such a great great person too and she was always Absolutely. very welcoming she was one of the guys when you come in the restaurant she'd come in there and talk to you like she was never bigger than anybody else I, that's what i thought was really cool about lisa yeah she wasn't an absent owner she was there she was there eating with you she was asking you about stuff about your food about everything i i i, I she's one of my all-time favorites now, your history in covering Chicago wrestling, you've talked to a lot of different people. You've covered a lot of different events. Resistance Pro was one of the biggest companies that you covered back years ago. Now, what was that like? That was really interesting because, of course, you had the Billy Corgan um, experience involved in that. The Baron Brothers, Jacques and Gabe, were extremely good to me. Right from the start when I met them at Wizard World, whatever that would be, 2011, I believe it was, I went up to them and I said, look, I'd really like to cover your, your company i don't i've covered some other companies but i would like to do yours pretty much exclusively at least in this area if you give me access i'll give you as much coverage as i can they open the doors to me and they let me come into the show hours before it opened right when the wrestlers were getting there i got to talk to a lot of them and for me not only talking to them as a cool thing i was like you know jay bradley robert ego and, and all the others the ones they brought in but it was really good experience because that was kind of when i i was I wasn't really a veteran of doing interviews at that point. I did a lot more writing. So for me, that was really great experience. I got to knock off 10, 12 interviews in a single weekend and really kind of sharpen my skills. 
some would say I'm still uh, very green at it, you know, but back then at least <laughs> it, it helped me get over nerves. It helped me kind of learn how to formulate interviews to, to ask the right questions, to go with, with what the person's saying. And it, it helped me really develop my skills. You mentioned Robert Egan, Anthony, and Jay Bradley. Uh, what were some of the other wrestlers you encountered over at Resistance Pro? Oh, boy. Melanie Cruz, uh, Nikki St. John. Melanie Cruz and Nikki St. John had a wonderful series of matches in the really early stages of, of our pro. Mickey Knuckles, uh, Sarah Dobson, or sorry, Crazy Barry Dobson. Yeah. Uh, Sarah oh, Rogan, yep. who, yeah, who went on, obviously, to become a, a star in the WWE, and now she's off uh, having a baby on the farm and yep. doing all that. Still, you know, married to Raymond Rowe, uh, apparently doing well. Man, Man Pondo came in. Man, Man Pondo, Man, Man Pondo, and Mickey Knuckles. I always associate together for because of all the wrestlers I've met there, they were the two that I was most intimidated by. They have the hardcore reputation. They got. They have a big, larger than life reputation, and honestly, both of them could not have been nicer. They and Mickey actually. I was so intimidated by her. I, I didn't ask her for anything in the first couple of shows, and finally, she kind of went, "Hey." What's wrong with me? And I go, nothing is wrong with you. She goes, well, you're not interviewing me. And I said, well, I was, to be honest, I was a little intimidated. And then from then on, we just kind of had a nice rapport and a nice, and I interviewed her several times. Couldn't be any nicer. Pondo, right away, I, I, I struck up a conversation with him because I saw he was always helping everybody, not in a, a bossy way, but just kind of lending advice and everything. The most professional guy you would ever meet. Man, man, Pondo, I can't say enough about him. And check out his book, Diary of a Madman. Not to give more plugs, but it, it's a fantastic book. Now, that's a great segue uh, as we come to the end of our interview. Uh, plugs. Already? You'll probably need a couple of minutes to plug everything that you got through social media. Now your brand new merchandise, plus whatever other coverage that you may have. Well, I'll make this as quick as possible so it's easier on you and the listeners. Uh, you can go to johngsbeat.com. It's all my stuff. You can find me on any of the social medias at John G's Beat. Um, you can also find me at Global Traveler. It's my main client for writing non-pop culture stuff. I write about travel for them. Um, and I am wearing my, my the newest limited edition Cantarella Inc. John G shirt that uh, our, my favorite artist, Ali Cantarella of Cantarella Inc. designed it. Uh, I originally had people doing artwork, which is their version. And I thought, well, why not put it on a t-shirt? And Ali, uh, as you saw, uh, very graciously wore it throughout the convention, on, on, which blew my mind on, um, at uh, C2E2. So that's available at Pro Wrestling Tees, and, which amazes me that they have, they let me have a shop there, but they do. So that pretty much covers everything I need to promote. Yeah, any other uh, events that are coming up for you over the next couple of weeks, uh, whether it's wrestling or pop culture or sports or anything that you'll be at? Well, it's, quite, it's a kind of a quiet time at, during the holidays, obviously, but I am returning back to Great Lakes Championship Wrestling. They are welcoming Tammy Sonny Sitch yeah. on January 22nd in Grafton, Wisconsin. Uh, I've never been to Grafton. I haven't been to a non-Blizzard Brawl event up there in a while, and I haven't seen Tammy in a long time. Tammy's been, I, we all know Tammy's had some issues in life, but I got to tell you, Tammy has been nothing but 100% sweet with me over the years and I'm looking forward to seeing her other than that the Chicago Auto Show I believe is in February and I just got credentialed for that 
Currently, I'm covering Loyola women's basketball, Northwestern women's basketball, and DePaul women's basketball, and I can't wait for softball. Yeah, you uh, you have your irons in the fire in a lot of different places, so that's uh, very, very cool. But I always make time to listen to the uh, Windy City Slam podcast. Absolutely. All right, John G., thank you very much for coming on this week. We really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on down the line and talk a little bit more about you and professional wrestling. Well, you got to come back on John's beat. Actually, I want to talk to you about joining pinfalls to get your predictions one day. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> All right, we'll do it, buddy. Thank you. Fantastic conversation with John Brubaleski of John G's Beat. Great talking with John. I've known him for several years now. Um, great coverage of C2E2 and Blizzard Brawl. And he definitely goes back in the history of Chicago independent wrestling a bit. Some great, great stories by John. And we definitely should have him back down the line. He's got a lot of stuff he left on the cutting room floor. We'll definitely get him back on at some point in the future. All right. As we get closer to our 100th episode, some very exciting things coming up in the next couple of weeks. And next week, we have confirmed two guests coming on the show. Davey Bang, August Matthews. They are the Bang Bros. And they join Windy City Slam Podcast for the very first time next week. So long, everybody. So long, everybody.